0: Hello, this is Joey from Liberty and Fire Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you an episode about guns. Um, more specifically, about buying your first gun for the first time. I have a friend who recently just got his concealed carry permit, so he joined the club. And now he's needing to buy a gun, but he doesn't quite know what fits his needs. And there's so much guns out there, so many gun sizes, types of guns, caliber sizes. It's kind of overwhelming. So I thought that's a good topic to talk about. If you're in the market for a gun, what are some of the things you need to think about for buying the right gun for you, so first off, why buy a gun in the first place? And I think that's pretty obvious. It's for self-defense reasons, you know. If there's like a home invasion and people breaking in, and and uh, you know, it could be life or death situation. You want that r- insurance policy of being able to defend yourself with deadly force if you need to. Otherwise, who knows? In a flash, you know, it could ruin your entire life. You know, you could die, or someone in your family could die. Um, so that's a crazy scenario and really rare. Um, but, you, yeah, you want to be able to handle it if it ever happened, which it probably won't, thankfully. But if it did, wouldn't you be a lot better off if you could defend yourself? So I think that's the main reason that would make people take the plunge in owning a gun. And you don't need a concealed carry permit to do that. You can buy and own a gun and keep it in your closet, in your drawer, anywhere in your house – and you can actually also keep it in your car. I think this depends on the laws, but I know in Florida where I live, you can keep it in a in like a little box and in the glove compartment. I, I think you need to do like two maneuvers to be able to get the gun out, but anybody can own a gun. So in choosing the right gun for you, I think the first thing you have to consider is what do you plan on doing with it? Do you plan on carrying it every day? You know, walking around, having it inside the waistband, and that's usually the typical way to carry a gun. You'd have a holster, and it would go inside the waistband with a little clip on the outside, probably or on a belt, and um, you'd be having the gun inside the pants. That that would be carrying it every day. And um, that's you know, some people think that you should absolutely be carry every day. I'm not sure. Maybe even Tony thinks you should be carrying it every day. And some people think it's a little bit extreme. And they, I, I myself don't think it's extreme, but I don't carry. I have a concealed carry permit, and I don't carry a gun every day. But I do have it in my car without. A box that I need to reach for, so it can just sit in the glove compartment. And since I have a carry license, I have the option to carry it when things look a little sketchy in the area I'm in. If I'm somewhere that I'm not familiar with and it's night time out and it just looks a little weird, now I have a holster. I can equip it and I can carry and I can feel confident and safe. So I like having that option and that flexibility. But if you if you plan on carrying every day, this matters on the type of gun you're going to purchase. Because unless you're 6'2 and like 220 pounds plus, you're probably not going to be able to to carry the, the big and medium sized guns. Because like I said, it's inside pants and you're going to be, you know, a lot of people mostly wear jeans and, and pants and the pants today aren't super baggy. So you're going to need a what they call conceal gun, basically a conceal pistol, a small little pistol that holds about six to seven rounds. Because it's more comfortable to carry on you, you don't even feel it. And it doesn't imprint on the clothing, so no one else sees that you're carrying the gun as well. So it's uh, good for, for both the scenarios. The obvious drawback to that is that you have to carry a gun that only has six rounds. And if you've never shot a gun before, you'd be surprised on how inaccurate you might be on hitting a target even 15 yards away. It would be pretty far to hit them dead center in that target. It's not easy, and you probably will miss a few shots, uh, many maybe, if you haven't trained. So six rounds when the adrenaline might be flowing, um, it's questionable whether that's even enough. So you might not, you might need another clip on you. So that's the obvious drawback. You would need training, and um, the gun wouldn't have a lot of bullets in it. And the other thing is you probably are limited on the type of gun, too. It wouldn't be easy carrying a revolver. They're a little bit wider because of the cylinder. And they have the hammer, which could get clipped onto your pants when pulling it out or some piece of clothing. They do make some revolvers that have the hammer cut off. Um, so it's just a, a single action revolver for carrying. Um, but, you know, I kind of like the fact that revolvers have the hammer for the for the double action, which maybe we could talk about later. So, again, if you're carrying, you plan on carrying with you, you're going to need a smaller gun most likely. So that's the first thing to think about. Now, if you're not carrying and you're doing what I am doing, where I keep it in my room, I have it next to me, I have it in my car or a bag where I'm going places, and then still sometimes rare occasion can carry it. Now we're open to any single gun out there. It can be a big one. It can be a, a Glock 17, which is which holds coincidentally 17 rounds, I believe. A Glock 19, which I think holds uh, 15 rounds and pre- probably can be concealed carried. Um, but not the most ideal thing. I can get a revolver, a big, huge, like the Rick Grimes Walking Dead, the Colt Python type of revolver. So the door is open for any type of gun out there and any size. And there are some good things about having a revolver. That is something to think about. I know um, we have a revolver. I think my dad has one. And it's from, I believe, the 1950s it's actually my grandpa's revolver from when he was a a detective it's a detective special i believe it is it's the Colt detective special i think like i said it's from 1950s and the thing hasn't been fired since he was on duty but we took it out a few years ago so this would be the first time it ever fired in 40 years or 50 years and i was thinking man i don't know if this thing's gonna blow up in my hand or something but sure enough we loaded it with the um, 38s and perfect shot straight shot all bullets uh, no issues at all It's actually really easy and smooth to shoot. So I think that's one really cool thing about a revolver is there's so simple mechanisms, so simple machinery that they've lasted for, they can last for years. You can have them dormant, not doing anything for 50 years, pull it out and bam. So the reliability is a big plus on the revolver. It's something to think about. If you're not planning on concealed carrying it, then maybe you weren't thinking about a revolver before, but you may, maybe you should. So another thing to think about on the type of gun you need to purchase for you is the safety mechanisms or lack of a safety and whether that makes a difference to you. See, the Glocks, one of the most popular guns, and they happen to be, I think, probably my favorite type of gun. They don't have a safety on them, a thumb safety where you can turn it so that the trigger won't pull and turn it off where the trigger does pull. There's many forms of safeties, but typical safety is a thumb one, like a switch. The Glocks actually don't have any safeties, so you pull it out and it's ready to shoot. Now, they do have technically a safety in the trigger where you can't depress the trigger until you put your finger on it, but uh, it's kind of a weird thing. I think that's really to protect the Glock from not accidentally firing if it fell out of your pocket or something like that. But uh, yeah, the Glocks don't have a safety, but some like guns like the Smith & Wesson have a thumb safety, so that might give some people more comfortable feeling, a uh, more sense of... Uh, you know, comfort, and the gun's not just going to accidentally go off. Now, I think real experienced gun, it, you know, and first off, people have different opinions about these kind of stuff, and I don't think anybody's opinion is really right or wrong. But I will say that a lot of gun enthusiasts and people who are really familiar, like any of your friends that were in the Marines or something, I don't think they'd be fond of safeties. I think they like the fact. That, I think they would say, you know, you just got to train yourself and. and and be able to handle the gun, which is true, obviously. But I still kind of like the idea of having a safety just in case. Um, but again, if you're in a really bad situation where you need to pull the gun out as quick as you could, you know that's just one more thing to think about. Pulling it out, turning the safety off. You know, Will you forget that step or won't you? But I know there's a lot of people that do like the fact that they can have confidence that their gun's not going to go off or something or god forbid, a kid grabbed the gun. And you know, at least there's a safety on there before they mess around too much. But if a kid grabbed your gun, that's that's your fault. I mean, you probably shouldn't, that, that's on you, bad gun owner. So safeties are something to think about. And like I said, they're usually a thumb switch, a little up or down type of thing. And some guns do make some interesting safeties. Like um, I forget the name of, of the particular gun, but the gun won't fire until you put your hand onto the handle of the gun is like a little line that's actually a button kind of thing and it, and it actually won't fire the trigger until your hand goes flush up against the gun that's a neat kind of safety something you might be interested in there, there might be different kinds of safeties, so that's something to think about and something to look at and think what do you feel like you would rather have would you rather have less thinking to do pull the gun out and shoot or would you rather have a um, peace of mind that it's, it's not going to go off and you don't want it to and have a safety on your gun now revolvers They don't have safeties, but they're pretty safe in that the trigger pull of a revolver is very, very heavy. It's really hard to pull the trigger of a revolver without clocking the hammer down, which I think is a layer of safety itself. So you're not going to have an accidentally firing off a a revolver by fumbling around in your pocket or whatever, or probably or getting stick to clothing. It's very unlikely to happen because of how heavy that trigger pull is. So there's another plus for the revolver, in my opinion. It's very simple, like I said before, it's reliable. There's nothing to think about when you pull the thing out. You don't even have to chamber around, they're already there. And there's no safety, but there is a safety in a way even for how hard the hammer pulls. So it's, I really think you should consider a revolver if you haven't been, most people don't consider a revolver, but you know there's not much, too, not much bad going on in them. So one of the next things to think about is caliber size what kind of caliber do you want? A 22, a nine, a 45, a 40, you know, basically the size of the the bullet and the amount of gunpowder that they jam in there and, you know, the power and punch it really has. And my opinion, everyone's opinion is different on this one, you know, but because the 22 caliber is the smallest, and uh, people will tell you you know you can kill a big animal with a 22. See, people will say they're actually more deadly because the bullets don't penetrate through the body. They ricochet around and mess up your organs and bones and and it really screw you up get, by getting shot by a few 22s. But in my opinion, the 22 is so small that depending on who you're firing at in a uh, life or death situation, let's say where someone broke into your house, they have a gun and who knows you know your family could get could get killed by this person if you have a 22 and they're a big dude maybe wearing big clothing their adrenaline might be going they might be on drugs i'm not even sure they would feel the 22 i think they could probably power right through it and so you'd have to really unload a lot of them in there or aim for you know something that you don't feel comfortable aiming about but aiming but um like the head or something but I'm not gonna say I'm a fan of having a twenty-two caliber bullet as a self-defense gun. I just don't think it's big enough. I don't think it packs enough punch to like knock a guy back or really stop him. And I think it's possible they can power their way through it in the short term. And the next size up from that is the three eighty ACP, which I think has a lot more stopping power and energy and, and um travel, you know, feet per second than the twenty twos do. And I think it's a pretty good, it's a reliable caliber for self-defense. But my problem with the 3 ACP is why not go one step up and get the 9mm? The 3 to ACP has about 40% less stopping power, or maybe not stopping power, but it's about 40% less energy output than the 9mm. Nine millimeter. 9mm nine millimeter round fires at about 1,400 feet per second. And they're cheaper. And they're both going to be in the same sort of gun size nowadays it used to be the 380 acp was a good guns a good caliber size for concealed carry guns but they've now gotten so good at manufacturing and engineering the guns where they come in the, um, the the magazines a single stack so you don't have to stack uh two columns of bullets for the nine millimeter they stack one column so making the gun profile very thin and very small you can get a concealed carry gun of a nine millimeter caliber about the same size and weight that you can get in a 380 ACP nowadays. And that's what a 380 ACP would be for concealed carry guns for the size. But like I said, now you can get a 9mm, the the energy output is better, they're a little bit longer, the power is going to be greater, and they're cheaper because of the supply. There's so much 9mm, it's the most popular caliber. So, I think don't go for 22 cuz it's just I don't think it's going to be good enough unless you're super accurate and you and you land a lot of shots. Uh, 380, 380 ACP, I think that's good enough, but why would you do it when you get to 9mm? That's just my opinion. But I'm thinking that 9mm is going to be the best bet for uh, for a caliber of self-defense. And of course, anything bigger is going to be more powerful and more power to you. Like I said, if you're not carrying the gun and you can get any size gun, then you can get any size caliber. And you can get one that really packs a up. You can get some really cool um, revolvers with some... Big, huge bullets with lots of gunpowder that really pack a bam. So uh, that's the thing to consider as well. But it kind of goes hand-in-hand with the size of your gun. And uh, are you carrying or are you not carrying? So I think those are really the main things that I would consider or tell you to consider if you're thinking about buying a gun for the first time. Other than that, would be really brand. And I think you should just go for something that's reliable. That'd be my opinion. I wouldn't go for some knockoff sort of like random chinese brand or something i would go for the brands that you know are reliable and people vouch for and um you know you hear glock a lot because glock is a reliable simple gun and i think that's the main appeal is the glock's just gonna fire you know, there's that movie with tom hardy mad max where it's uh taking place in like the apop apoptoli- post-apocalyptic future you can barely say that word sorry and um there's a scene in there where he someone smashes, you know, this piece of a truck, and underneath it is is a Glock, you know, because they they knew it was stored there, and it looks super dusty. It Looks like it's been there for however long, you know, today is compared to that that setting in Mad Max, maybe you know, hundreds years, hundreds of years. Just it looks like it's been there for a long time. But the funny thing about it in the movie is they grab the old Glock and boom, 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 it fires right away, and I believe that's pretty much accurate. That's what you'd be getting with a Glock, just like I said with that police detective special that revolver that fired for perfectly fine after 50 years. I think you could have a Glock fire perfectly fine after 50 years as well. I think that's the main appeal of why uh, people like Glocks. Uh, there's plenty of other brands though. Smith & Wesson makes very reliable guns. Um, there's there's um, Walter who makes good semi automatic pistols of course and there's a whole bunch of revolver brands of course. So I would look for the main type of brands that are re- people say are reliable, and uh, you can find the expensive gun. You can find a Smith & Wesson for $300, $400, and Glocks aren't that expensive. So go with something reliable, a good brand. So if you're in the market for a gun, and you don't quite know what to buy yet, those are all the things that I think, or at least some of the things that I think you should consider before buying the gun that fits you. And remember, if you're not carrying and you don't plan on being a concealed carry permit holder. Uh, don't worry about it. You could still own a gun and I don't really see why you shouldn't. At least have one somewhere hidden away in your house that if the worst case scenario happened, at least you had it. I mean why not? It's a it's a safety insurance policy, so you should really go out and get it. Dependent even regardless of what your politics are on guns in the Second Amendment or whatever. It really it doesn't make sense not to have one in the worst case scenario situation just stored away. So, if anything, go out and get one. And I hope you uh, find some of this helpful. And thanks for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Until next time.